Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. <laughs> Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like, I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> it get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another turtle-rific and bat-tastic episode of Comics, Motherfucker, Do You Read Them? Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, and we've got a jam-packed show for you tonight with plenty of special guests because this is the beginning of a super mega event across various podcasting shows that we're calling Turtle Power Podcast Hour, and we've got some special guests from Animated Indulgence and Board with Friends here with us tonight. So uh, I'm going to go around the, the virtual Skype table and have everybody introduce themselves, and then we're going to be discussing Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures, issues one through six. So that's going to kick off the Turtle Power Podcast Hour. But like I said, I'm Derek, Derek WC, and everybody shout out, let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing. I'm here. Hey, this is Justin. And remember, you can get salmonella from kissing a turtle. <laughs> hey, hey guys this is tony i usually go last but i'm gonna let the uh special guest go last this time turtle power uh this is uh yawn Airhammer and cowabunga hey and this is zach from board with friends and uh, i'm hoping to have a shell of a good time yeah all right so we are here we're talking about the batman teenage mutant ninja turtles adventures crossover now as you know i'm a big mark for crossovers whatever form or shape they take place in and this was something that i thought would be fun to look at we did look at the previous batman teenage mutant ninja turtles crossover that came out a little earlier but this one actually came out towards the end of november 2016 and it's been running through so it finished off sometime in may 2017 it is written by matthew kane manning and the art is by john soma Baria. And the broad, high-level overview of this crossover event from IDW and DC Comics. The animated worlds of the current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Nickelodeon cartoon and Batman the Animated Series collide in this outstanding miniseries featuring fan-favorite characters from both universes. Villains start to mysteriously escape Arkham Asylum and Batman seeks to track them down. But he discovers that they have left Gotham City completely and have gone to the New York City of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that is kind of the, the high-level 
synopsis of the entire miniseries. And the first issue has the title, The Face of Two Worlds. And the small write-up for the first issue is, When villains start to mysteriously escape Arkham, Batman seeks to track them down. What happens when he discovers that they have left Gotham completely and entered the TMNT's New York City? So, yeah. That basically is the kind of brief write-up of the first issue. And I, I, I mean, just, you know, not without burying the lead, but I, I had a good time reading this, this miniseries, like, just as, as a vague kind of notion, like, I guess I could go around and ask everybody, you know, maybe starting with Tony, you know, like, what did you guys think of, of the, the series in general? Like, did you have a good time reading it? I was really surprised at how well the uh, two styles meshed because obviously the Nickelodeon series currently is, is CGI, but the, the art is really good in this. Like they, they look like the Nickelodeon Turtles. And of course, the Batman anime series is 2D and it's much easier to put that on a comic page. They they nailed that too. I mean, it looks just like Bruce Timm series as well. And yeah, I mean, I, this is going to sound really simplified but it's just fun and there's like so many little like jabs and stuff each other each each of the quote-unquote teams the bat family and the turtles it's like i don't know it was, it was just a really good time yeah i agree derek it was it was a fun read cool what about you justin like what was your first impressions your take on this whole endeavor i really enjoyed it i thought that they captured all the characters very well especially michelangelo you know michelangelo he's my favorite turtle and he's very hyperactive in this incarnation of ninja turtles and they really got that they really got his spirit in this i, I like the fact that he's you know running around doing his superhero thing which kind of reminds me of like what he would do in the 2k series like when he would put on, put on his like his mask and cape and would run around as the turtle titan and i i kind of wish he had called himself the turtle titan when he was like aping the batman animated series and was beating up the goons and stuff but like i i really like this it was a lot of fun but the thing that kind of like irritated me like just slightly is the whole donatello has the hots for batgirl thing i mean i mean i get it she's batgirl and you know like i i, I you know she's a redhead and i share that weakness for redheads but i'm like like why is donatello always hitting on somebody's girlfriend like it's bad enough he's hitting on you know april and she's with casey jones but now he's like hitting on batgirl and you know she's with dick grace i'm like dude like come on like that's not cool like not you, you, you just think he should get a clue and and shack up with a nice turtle girl is that is that kind of what you're what you're laying down yes <laughs> like venus <Don> to milo <laughs> no <laughs> Donnie, keep it in your shell, bro. That, that's don't gonna, don't we gonna... still have that rule that we shouldn't ever mention Venus de Milo on our show? It, it's... She's not like. She's not like oh, Maggie. I'm sorry. I didn't read the rule book before I came on. <laughs> and that was the last time we did a crossover. God damn it. Leave the podcast. It's, it's, it's like one of those things where you're like, that's just bad on multiple levels, right? It's a, it's a, what do you call it? Like, it's not a fan favorite. It's like a, it's an anti fan favorite. It's a, a, a fan despised character and technically that would be like donatello going out with his sister so i was just kind of like it's kind of bringing up some game of thrones stuff that we don't want to go love into turtle love i mean come yeah, on yeah so. <laughs> even the actress who played venus de milo does not admit that she played venus de milo <laughs> see now now i'm imagining a scene where like donatello like gets his arm cut off and he's like throwing like baby casey jones at the window or something <laughs> <laughs> awesome on that note let, let's jump over to zach like what was your first impression like of of this miniseries like do you i mean is, is this something like 
I, I assume, but I don't want to assume, but I mean, are you familiar with like the Batman animated series and the Nickelodeon turtle shows, or is it, you know, vague, like your kind of experience with the universes? I am extremely familiar with the Batman animated series universe. It's probably one of my favorite cartoons. I even got my wife to watch Justice League. That's how much I watched it and liked it a lot. The new Turtles, not so much. I did watch the early 2000s series before. I liked it a lot. I liked the games, but I haven't watched much of the new Nickelodeon show. Reading this, I went in thinking the same thing I think every time I read a crossover this is going to suck. Uh, and I can't believe you guys picked it, but I was actually really surprised at how good this was. It was just fun. I, I mean, I think Justin said it, it breaks down to that simple. It was fun. They captured the heart of the Batman animated series really well. And I was enjoying this take on the turtles. You know, it was just, they took the tropes of the old, you know, eighties, early nineties series that I grew up watching and they have just accentuated all of those attitudes and brought them to a natural and much more well as natural as giant turtles can be a much more enjoyable experience like more fleshed out characters and i, I really liked it yeah you know i mean i think i think part of that is probably thanks to i'm, I'm gonna throw some praise to to matthew k manning's way because i i was just looking him up and i was just noticing like he seems to have lots of experience handling comic book versions of televised comic properties like when i was looking back through it it was like he worked on some batman adventures or he worked on like the batman strikes which was like i think the comic book version of you know the batman you know and, and like all those kind of like you know the legion of superheroes cartoon they had comics of those and he worked on some of those so it seems like and and he's currently writing the nickelodeon turtles comic book that idw publishes and and this team basically is the same team that writes the comic version of the nickelodeon cartoon and i mean you know i i don't have a great deal of experience with the nickelodeon cartoon but i've seen like the first season and i just watched some of the newer shows from the the fifth season that deal with usagi yojimbo because i was just curious that was about, fucking awesome yeah by i was the way. curious about how that how that was gonna be and and i i did have a good time watching the episodes that i watched so like the, you know that's kind of my sense of familiarity with with the that animated version which you know it's 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 pretty familiar but i haven't been watching it religiously or anything but it's like one of those things where you know i i guess i make this comment a lot because probably i'm getting old or whatever but it's like i turn around and i'm like oh holy crap there are like five seasons of this show like when did that happen you know because to me i was like well yeah it's that new nickelodeon show it's been on for like a season and all of a sudden like five years go by and you're like holy crap there's like hundreds of episodes of this thing, you know, so there, and, and, and that show is, is a lot of fun as well. I know Airhammer doesn't normally read comics, but uh, I, I'm kind of curious, like what his take on the whole thing was. And, and also, I guess I posed the same question to you that I did to Zach, like how familiar are you with the Batman, the animated series universe, and maybe how familiar are you with the, the Nickelodeon turtles universe and, and seeing those, those two merge, like how did that work out for you? 
I watched the 90s Batman series back then. I'm still not as familiar with the current Turtles. I've seen a few episodes, and I know that it's a lot more comic-based. I just really enjoyed this overall. I like the character interaction. Michelangelo was great. I like all the nods to the other sources, like the Batman intro or the movie scenes. It, it, it just all really flowed well. I liked it. Cool. And then I guess I guess finishing off, we're going to go to Mike with his his laughing gas Orokusaki avatar. <laughs> and, and I, you know, again, the, basically the same question I posed to, to both Justin and, and Tony, like what, were, what was your first impression? And did you enjoy sort of reading this, this miniseries? I had fun reading it, but I guess, I, I don't know. Like, I think I had like the previous Batman and turtles miniseries in the back of my head that, when yeah, I was reading this. Yeah, Cause that's fair. I was, that I, I don't know that I, I don't think I hated that, but I, I don't think that was th- that might fall into the category of where, you know, Zach was kind of like, oh, this sucked. And I, I don't know that I'd go that far, but it it wasn't exactly it wasn't the best it could be. Yeah, like I think, I think we, we talked about it and the ending kind of went off the rails and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But but I don't know, like I felt like they balanced the characters better in that one. Like, I felt that Shredder didn't get a lot of respect in this series. Like, I, he kind of got owned by the Joker, and then he, like, kind of yeah. washed his hands of, like, everyone at the end, where he was like, just get out of here. I don't want to deal with this stupid shit. It's interesting. Like, like I guess, I, I mean, I suppose we'll talk about it more in detail, but but since you brought up the, the Shredder kind of getting pwned by the Joker or whatever. Well, like... it's, it's like, I think I, I complained to you guys when we talked about, like, that Darth Vader comic book or whatever, where I was like... Okay, no one should be knocking Darth Vader's helmet off like before like Luke like like takes it off basically at the end of Return of the Jedi and stuff. So I kind of felt that like the Joker like getting to like take off Shredder's helmet and wear it and stuff was like I don't know, like a grave like insult to the mm, character yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Like I I don't know, like and the like the laughing gas Shredder was just so ridiculous that I thought it was like hilarious, but like still it was kind of like I don't know, man, like, come on, that's, like, for the turtles. Like, the turtles get to, get to knock your helmet off. Like, It, it almost Joker made does. the, not to interrupt you, but it almost made the the Batman animated series characters more important than the turtles. Like, there yeah. wasn't as much of a balance. Yeah. Well, I, I think that was the, the kind of, like, not the uh, conceit, but usually in crossovers, I've noticed, like, depending on which characters are used, the more established ones usually get a little bit more of the limelight. And even though the turtles are, are still huge. I mean, they've been around for over 20 years now, like 30 years now, like Batman is iconic. So I guess the writers wanted to give like the, what they thought was fan service to people, you know, like, Hey, look, Joker's one up in shredder. But at the same time, as just a story, it doesn't flow really good in your head when when joker beats shredder so easily or just like you know basically takes his wallet you know it's like wait no don't take his wallet that's well, shredder yeah i mean it's like in that previous batman and turtles series it's like you know batman fought the shredder like hand to hand and he beat him but i mean that's batman i mean and you know then it's not like he totally owned him or anything like he had a good fight with the shredder and yeah the the the, the shredder did put up a good show as far as the the man to man combat in that that previous miniseries. Yeah. I was going to ask Justin because I, I, I'm, I'm again making an assumption, 
but I'm assuming that Justin has probably watched more of the Nickelodeon Turtle series than all of us here combined. And I'm just wondering, like, it's interesting because I think Tony brought up the whole notion of, you know, how, you know, maybe they were giving more limelight to the Batman characters. And I'm wondering if it has something to do with the fact that, like, it's probably not fair to look at Turtles as being, you know, over 20 years old or whatever. Because it's like, whatever anniversary we're on, I'm not really keeping up with it very well. But I know we're coming up on, like, what, like the the what 25th anniversary of batman the animated series or something like that and it's like to me like th- that i think there there is a lot of fan love for that show and also that show does have the kind of you know to put it in japanese terms i mean that show is the senpai of the nickelodeon turtles right like the nickelodeon turtles has been on like i said i'm shocked that it's got five seasons and it's very popular and it does very well with the kids and obviously it wouldn't be on the air still if they weren't selling a shitload of nickelodeon toys at all the stores i mean anytime i go into a store it's like i can't find what i want but i'm like always happy for all those turtle kids that love those because i'm like there's a shitload of those stocked in the aisles all the time you know so it's like one of those things where i'm kind of like oh okay well clearly this this is doing well with its demographic but if you exclude all those previous shows you know the 10 years of the original animated series and like the 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 five or six or i guess seven counting like fast forward and all that stuff of the 2k3 series like if you sort of wipe all that out like and just look at it as the Nickelodeon Turtles are the new kid on the block compared to Batman the Animated Series. I can sort of rationalize. I don't I don't approve of it. I don't approve of Rokusaki getting like owned as blatantly as he did by the Joker, but I can sort of rationalize it in my head. And what I was going to ask Justin was assuming that he has seen way more of the Animated Turtles than we have. I mean, how how much respect do you have for this version of the Shredder compared to other versions of the Shredder that we know of? Like, would you say it's equitable and that Mike is justified in his displeasure with the Joker owning him? Or would you kind of point to, well, this is a different version of the Shredder and, you know, maybe point out some flaws that this character has where, you know, I don't know, maybe Baxter Stockman stole his wallet or like some slimy guy named platypus man or you know whatever these mutant guys you know maybe there was some point in time where the shredder was ousted from power in that story because it's been going for five seasons so i don't know all the details but i'm just curious what your thoughts on that are justin well i do echo Mike's sentiments about joker owning the shredder like that kind of rubbed me the wrong way too but with that said this is a totally different version of the shredder for the most part he has just you know the basic core of the character and i think for me this is my least favorite version of the character. I'd probably go to bat for like the 2K version of the Shredder as my favorite. And then, you know, the 80s version just out of nostalgia and everything. But like, see, like they don't use the Shredder a lot in this series. It's like they'll save him for like mid-season, like ratings bonanza or the season finale. Almost every season finale, it's, you know, it, like, oh, it's the Shredder versus Splinter again. And whoa, whoa, hold on. One of them might die, guys. And, like, they keep teasing you with that. And it's like most for most of the series, it's usually just the Krang. Like, the Krang are really the main bad guys because it's like almost every other episode, it's like the Krang or something related to the Krang. It's like, oh, no, there's like a mutagen spill. 
calls about the crane, we gotta we gotta like clean this up. And then every now and then there'll be some kind of like random mutant or something they gotta fight. But like this version of the Shredder is more content to just sit on his throne and let like Bebop and Rocksteady and Dog Pound and Fishface like do their stuff. Anti-Recall. Don't forget Anti-Recall. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Justin, like, is, isn't it true that, like, Turtles was supposed to end after season three, but it just keeps going because fans want more? I don't know about that. I think... Because season three kind of ended, and then they did Turtles in Space, and now they're doing Tales of TMNT. It's like... I think the plan was always to do at least four seasons. I, yeah, I don't four. think it was ever, like, set to, like, end at a specific point. Like... Like right now, the rumor is that this current season will end probably November or January, and then in about six or eight months, we'll get a whole new incarnation of the Turtles, like different different animation style, different voice actors and everything. So they want to keep it going, but I think I think they're starting to see the fatigue because you can see with this season – you know, same animation, same voice actors, but they've retitled it Tales of the Ninja Turtles. Like, I think I think they're trying to, like, fool people into being like, oh, it, like, this is new, right? And then you tune in, you're like, oh, wait, like, Shredder's dead. Like, I've obviously missed something. Uh, what, did, what did you think about uh, Seth Green taking over Leonardo after that that, that arc? I, it t- I think it took a while for me to get used to him, but I think I think he does a good job to be perfectly honest. Like I, I was kind of afraid I was like a uh, Seth Green and I was like thinking of like, you know, robot chicken and, and family guy. And I was like, I, I don't know about this, but like, I think after about like four episodes, I was like, yeah, this is fine. And like, it's, it's so fine to me now in my head that like, if I watch a previous episode with the other guy, I'm just like, well, wait, yeah, it's, this is the other guy. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just wondering because when I was reading this, I, I, I kind of had Seth Green's voice in my head for Leonardo the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for me, I think because I, I think I only watched like the first season, like and then watching those Usagi episodes, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Seth Green took over the voice acting. So like, I think I had that period of adjustment. And I, the other thing, I, I kind of noticed what you were saying, like how they were trying to make the show, you know, you know, it's that that whole I, I forget what the television industry term is but basically they want to you know shake things up put a new coat of paint on it you know whether it's you know justice league unlimited versus the standard justice league like whatever kind of tweaks they're making Rebranding. yeah yeah and, and and in that i was just kind of like i, I was kind of shocked by i was like man that opening is like a shameless homage to cowboy bebop like the the title cards and all that kind of stuff that goes on in that new season i mean i don't know how recent that new intro is but you know it, i was like wow this is very you know kind of yoko kano kind of you know horns and and kind of blacks and 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 colors and, and all that kind of stuff that's probably not a, a the best way to describe it on a audio medium but you, you'd have to see it but but it does evoke a to me, uh, uh, very much like the intro of Cowboy Bebop in this new, like, Tales of the Turtles and everything. I, I wrote a bunch of notes down of, of some stuff I had to, you know, say about the first issue, and I guess we can just maybe spin off out of there, and if you guys have anything you want to talk about, you know, feel free to, you know, chime in and everything. But, like, I, I did think, and I think Airhammer mentioned this, you know, Jan mentioned this earlier, like, there there is the opening where... Michelangelo, you know, Mikey's doing his interrogation with the 
the street thug in in the alleyway and like he, he's very he, he's very much doing his best michael keaton you know like i want you to tell all your friends about me you know like kind of thing and and so i thought that was a fun nod to the the 89 batman movie and everything like i i that that's what you were alluding to before right Jan? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I did think that was funny, and and I thought it was a nice nod and everything. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I did. I did have a moment, and this I, I'm kind of more offended by this than Shredder getting you know pwned by the Joker, because I was like, if you notice when Batman comes across Two Face when he comes back from the you know the New York dimension of the turtles, he's slumped in a chair and he's watching TV. And you know what's on the TV is My Little Pony. So I was like, what? Two-Face is a fucking brony? What? No! I was like, are you kidding me? Like, no! I mean, I know, I know it's like... Only half of them is. I know, I know. Yeah, and then, and then that becomes the question. You're like, holy shit, is Harvey Dent a brony? Or is, is Big Bad Harv a brony? Like, oh no. Like, that just totally fucks with my head. Because what if Big Bad Harv's like... I love the ponies, you know, and you're just like, whoa. But yeah, so that, that Batman, are you a fan of Rainbow Dash? I mean, she's so cool. I'm like, I'm like, I know, I know, IDW has the pony license, and they gotta, they gotta shill comic books and everything. But you know, I was like, I was, I was, I was kind of in shock that Two Face, or you know, Harvey Dent or Big Bad Harv, we don't really know, is a brony. So come at me, brony. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It'd be great if they actually didn't fight and, like, you know, Harvey just like sticks out his hand and he goes, you know, friendship really is magic. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, the basic gist of this, this first issue and the plot points is, you know, they have those Krang, you know, Utrom triangle portals that, that they can traverse dimensions with and everything. And the idea is Arkham inmates are getting out of Arkham because these portals are apparently appearing at Arkham Asylum, and then, you know, different Arkham inmates are getting through the portals. So besides Two-Face, like, you've got a sequence where, you know, they think Michelangelo is getting, you know, drowned in the sewer or something like that, and when they see Michelangelo again pop up out of the sewer, it, it turns out it's Clayface disguised as Michelangelo and everything. And, and, and then again, at the end of this series, or the end of the issue, you know, you're you're sort of treated to Joker and Harley Quinn basically in all their fan aura, you know, kicking the shit out of the Foot Clan, you know, which kind of starts the whole thing. I mean, this is even before Shredder is, is introduced into the picture where you might be sort of rubbed the wrong way because you're like, okay, you know, Joker and Harley Quinn are awesome per se, right? Like with, with the fan base, but you're kind of like, can they really take on like an army of Foot soldiers like that like that, that that was something that i sort of questioned because you know at the end you've got like you know mark hamill there and he's like how do we do this take me to your leader you know or whatever you know and it's just kind of like clearly they're kicking the shit out of the foot clan i mean as far as i could see so you know there there is that you know you you kind of knew what you were in for i think when when they sort of threw down the gauntlet, but I don't I don't know how you guys felt about that. I, I didn't see Clayface, by the way, Derek. I only saw the character known as Mudbutt. Ah, yes, my <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, that's just what Michelangelo calls him. He calls him Mudbutt. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep calling you Mudbutt, dude. <laughs> as far as Joker taking on Joker and Harley, don't forget Harley Quinn is the most powerful woman in the universe. She is. Uh, suicide, she is. yeah, Suicide <laughs> Squad taught us that. 
She can fight demons with a baseball bat. She, for she, not only is she the most powerful woman, but she is she is very much to be idolized by womankind everywhere. You know, so she's such an upstanding yeah. role model. <laughs> right. My my buddy my buddy and I were playing Injustice the other night, and like we we did a match. I was Wonder Woman, and he was Harley Quinn. And I was like, look, it's DC's like two most popular like female characters. One, a paragon of feminism and like girl power, and the other who gets someone who gets off on having her boyfriend beat her up. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. J! I I will say, as far as, like, the Shredder getting, like, you know, fucked with, but, you know, the Joker, the Joker and Harley taking on the foot soldiers, honestly, that really doesn't offend me as much, because, let's be honest, guys, they always build the foot soldiers as being badass, but they always get their asses handed to them. They're like stormtroopers, you know? Yeah, so in your mind, they they were just, like, cannon fodder, pretty much? Yeah. Based on my memories of the original cartoon, I'm like the foot the foot clan is no threat. I'm, I would actually believe that, you know, they could be knocked out with, you know, Harley Quinn with a baseball bat. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean in in the new series, I mean Casey Jones can take him out with just like, you know, a hockey stick and a hockey puck and like a, like a little mat with some nails in it and like like that's all it takes. So these you know, this incarnation of the foot clan is kind of a pushover, but like this, you know, that that final page with Harley and the Joker like made me do a double take because if you notice like the Joker's holding like the severed robot hand and I thought it was like flipping the bird. I had to like do a double take. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I, I had to saw that wrong. And I went back and it's like, it's just like pointing, you know, it's just kind of like pointing up. But I was like, I totally thought it was like flipping the bird. And I was like, they can't get away with that. It's the like- kids look. He's like, take me to your fucking leader. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the boss? It's not Tony (laughs) Dance. It is interesting about Two-Face, though, because, like, not all the DC characters are taking this new world that well. And, like, Two-Face is actually kind of, like, fucked up over it. He's like, went to a different world, and I didn't like it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I, I do think it would have been funny, like in issue six, if like the last panel was just, you know, Two Face sitting in like the My Little Pony world, and he's like, "I'm so happy" or something. <laughs> <laughs> he can, like, he can, oh, he can go hang with Megatron from the GI Joe versus Transformers <laughs> crossover because that's that, that's where Megatron ended up at uh, the end of that series. Oh man, now I want to read that. <laughs> it's like instead of instead the it's in that series at the end, it's like instead of being found by Unicron, Megatron is found by Unicorn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Soundwave can pick up radio signals from across the universe. Play my favorite song. My little pony, my little pony. Good stuff. So I guess I guess moving on to the second issue, the title of that is called The Clown and the Clan, and the brief write-up is The Joker and Harley Quinn escape Arkham Asylum and make their way to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles New York City, where they meet none other than the Shredder. Meanwhile, will Batman, Robin, and Batgirl be able to form a truce with the Turtles? I guess you gotta read it to find out. But dun, dun, you know, dun. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, this is kind of what we've been discussing. I mean, the the Joker and Shredder meet. They are, you know, obviously. I, it's weird. It's like they 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 they're kind of parlaying, but then it kind of turns into this 
this Mexican standoff with exploding chickens and i was just like you, you know what like for me like i i and and you guys can chime in but the, these are open-ended questions but i was just kind of like well at the end of that first issue he does he does his whole routine like all right foot clan take me to your leader you know and i'm just kind of like aren't the foot gonna take him to shredder so like i kind of assumed that warehouse was like owned by the foot and they were visiting them but then it turns out he's like invited them to a warehouse and set up a bunch of rubber exploding chickens in the span of time between issue one and issue two so i'm like when the fuck did they have time to get explosives set up a fucking warehouse full of rubber chickens and then <laughs> get I'm, that many rubber chickens and, and i'm like i'm like why would shredder go to meet them at this warehouse i could have sworn the whole like the way i took the end of the last issue was the foot guys who were getting pwned were going to take them literally to their leader and take them to the shredder, but anyway, that maybe I'm just reading or thinking too much about it. But it, it did kind of like it, it's like we well we have to up the fan aura for the Joker, and the Joker has to like you know one up like the Foot Clan and the Shredder in this sequence. So how do we do it? Well, we've got a warehouse full of exploding rubber chickens, you know. And I'm just kind of like, okay, well that's great if 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 you thought they had the prep time to do that, but I I, I found it stretching credulity just a tad. Uh, well, to be fair with the Joker, I don't think it was prep time. I think the Joker is that kind of guy who would already have a warehouse full of exploding rubber chickens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he's in a totally different universe. How would he have? A, I mean, you that that just makes my head explode. Like it's like I think there was a throwaway line where he said he loved this place because yeah. you could get explosives everywhere. Right, right, and that that oh, is, yeah. that that's an attempt to sort of. I'm not ra- saying that forgives. No, 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 it, no, but... no, no, but no, that no, that's an attempt to rationalize it. I mean, you know, in terms of of what happens to the shredder in this, you know, that that he basically, you know, gets you know gassed or whatever, you know, and and later on there is a line where. I think Batgirl says something to the effect of, wow, the Shredder snapped out of that. Like, nobody snaps out of it. So it's supposed to, it's basically trying to amp up his fan aura by, by, by saying everybody else would have just, you know, shit their pants and run around like a loon for the rest of their lives. But the Shredder actually snapped out of his, his laughing man trance you know like so i you know i i i get that like you know it's just i i think i still had those those kind of questions as i was you know going through the issue well maybe maybe they're working on like the nickelodeon cartoon physics because even though the cgi cartoon is is really well done as far as the animation stuff they do have some warner brothery slapsticky moments every once in a while so maybe there's like this scene off panel we didn't see with harley and joker like inconceivably but in the tmnt universe like carrying like a huge stack of like you know exploding rubber tickets from a fucking you know store <laughs> no I, I i see what you're saying you know i mean i guess i guess the sequence where where the 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 turtles and you know the Batman family finally come face to face through a portal is kind of slapsticky in a way, right? Because you've got the portal and Batman's examining it, and then Mikey sticks his hand through it, and he's <laughs> feeling up Batman's face, and then Batman punches him. You know, I mean, there is that there is that kind of slapsticky aspect of it. I I was just gonna voice my approval that this. This takes place in the pre-Red Sky New Adventures era. Right. And so so you've got, you know, you've got Dick Grayson as Robin and Batgirl, and clearly they've been hooking up. And I, I always prefer that to 
Batman and Batgirl. Oh, that smirk that Batman gives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I sort of prefer that to Batman and Batgirl hooking up. So I, I approve of, I approve of this, you know, dynamic where it's a Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon kind of ship instead of a Bruce Wayne, Barbara Gordon ship. I lost it when I saw that moment where Robin <laughs> is just like, oh yeah, we were um doing exercises or whatever and batman just looks at him just gives him a smirk and like just goes back to being batman it was fantastic yeah i, I think i think i could hear kevin conroy kind of go mm, you know yeah. uh-huh <laughs> way to go high five <laughs> bro fist <laughs> you know you know what i noticed like before the joker escapes did you guys notice the book he's reading it's called Make Me Laugh by M. Hamill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, like, the, little, the little picture of the author on the back looks like old crusty Jedi Luke. There's like a lot of little like Easter eggs in the art. Yeah, it's like it's a lot of fun stuff. It's like that, 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 that actually did make me laugh because I didn't notice it at first. And like I was like, oh, wait, he's reading a book? And like, oh, my God, that's like fucking Mark Hamill. <laughs> so, I mean, this is obviously your atypical kind of, you know, team up kind of scenario where the two heroic factions have a misunderstanding and they fight and then they sort of come to an understanding but on, on the way to that you know kind of atypical trope in in a team-up comic book there is a lot of funny stuff where you know like mikey basically it's like the the whole gag is it's like look it's a bat guy look it's a really cute redhead dressed up as a bat woman and then of course when robin comes out he's like a kid dressed in red, you know, and so it's kind of supposed to be like this funny thing. And and then as was previously mentioned, like I, I, I to me, I just took it as, you know, Donnie must have a thing for redheads because he likes April in that Nickelodeon cartoon, has a crush on her. And then, of course, you've got Batgirl, who is like probably, you know, older and, and you know, more, you know, developed than April. So, of course, you know, Donnie's probably like you know twice as much in love with her. You know that he sees her. Ba, ba, and, everything. Ba, <laughs> and then I, I thought maybe Mike's favorite part would be when Robin Shroyukins Mikey. You know, in the fight. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, that. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. You know, and then and then of course they they have April facing off against Batgirl, which I I guess makes sense because what don't doesn't Splinter teach April how to fight in that Nickelodeon show? Yes. Okay. Well, yes. well, not like that, but like April has like psychic powers too. So. Oh, she's got like superpowers and stuff. I didn't know that. So. Wait, what? Well, yeah, kinda. They do go into that later on, but before that, she's basically trained by by Splinter, and she's like a, a Konoichi, which is basically a female ninja, like okay. so. So she does have some legit ninja skills. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. Like, so that's I know I know some people might decry it and go, "Oh, Batgirl should like you know mop the floor with April O'Neil because she's just you know a reporter lady in a you know yellow jumpsuit." But this is a different, you know, a different character, a different interpretation. So yeah, and, and like you know, if you take like the fact that this is before the Red Sky version, at this point in Batman the Animated Series, Barbara's only been Batgirl for like maybe a year or two, so yeah. she's kind of you know you're wanting it. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're you're just having that. I think what the two parter, I forget what that two parter was, Shadow of the Bat or something like that. So it's like yeah, right, yeah. it's like right around that era of Batman the Animated Series and everything. And you know, I mean, I I thought you know I I know you guys talked about how there was a lot of kind of unbalance in some of the you know villains in terms of the animated series you know joker and harley sort of 
have a much larger impact than, say, Shredder and the Foot Clan. But I, I thought with Leo versus Batman, you know, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty even. Like, they're both fighting each other, and they have this nice sequence where they're kind of like, oh, you didn't try to kill me. Oh, you didn't try to kill me. Oh, well, we're on the same side, you know? Like, so they're, there's the, you know, they're the key, you know, you know, the sort of lead characters, leaders of, of the various families that kind of come to an understanding. So I thought that was, uh, you know, I thought that was a cool moment. And, you know, being fanboys of, you know, Leonardo that, that some of us on fanholes are. And, you know, you know, the, the same thing, like Batman kind of doing his typical Batman stuff, you know, deduction, deducing, you know, detective work, you know, like he's putting two and two together as well. So they both kind of come to an understanding pretty quick, which I thought was kind of cool. And then it ends with basically a mutant villain of the turtles from the Nickelodeon cartoon called Snakeweed. But the twist is that, you know, whereas Snakeweed's kind of a dumbass foil for the turtles, he apparently is all amped up because he is now being aided and controlled by Poison Ivy and Batman's, you know, first Leo's like, I think this is one of ours. And Batman's kind of like, no, I think this one's one of mine, you know? So they're, they're kind of all on the same page at the end, at least. But that was, I mean, that's pretty much the second issue. I don't know if you guys have any other comments or, or notes or anything on that that you want to add or. Well, I will say, like, I think Justin will agree with this, and hopefully, whatever, if, if Mike's seen any of the Nickelodeon show, he would appreciate this, because I know me and him have similar tastes in heroes. We like Prowl, we like Cyclops, and Leonardo falls into that. He's he's the straight-laced guy who usually gets, you know, dicked over by the fandom, because he's not cool and edgy. But in the Nickelodeon cartoon, Leonardo has a great arc. He, he, is, he is actually one of the main characters... And a focus, you know, it's not just Michelangelo. It's not just Donatello being, you know, geeky and having a, a thing for April. It's not just Casey Jones. Like, Leonardo is the leader. And, like, after, you know, a certain point, I won't spoil it, in Tales of TMNT, you know, Leonardo is the guy. He is the leader. And I like that. And I like the fact that he does square off against Batman because th that that's just, like, another thing. Like, you know, we are talking about balance. That places Leonardo in that nice fandom of, like, Hey, Leonardo could take on Batman. What do you got, bitch? I actually wanted to see more of Batman and Leonardo interacting because that was a cool moment when, you know, they discover like, oh, you're not my enemy. And they just immediately start working together. But and later on, it kind of bugged me because Leonardo just kind of like stepped back and let Batman take charge. And I kind of wanted to see them like butt heads a little bit on who was in charge. Maybe Leonardo get a little annoyed with that. Maybe I'm just unfamiliar with the character, but I thought that was the way it was going to go. But instead, Batman is just basically in charge of everybody at that point. I, I think Nickelodeon Leonardo, like like if he was just pure Nickelodeon Leonardo, would have gotten a little bit pissy at some points. Because he does get pissy in the cartoon, because him and Raphael have, uh, have that kind of... Uh, you know, who's the leader, you know, rivalry at, at certain episodes. So, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, it, I mean, that's true, right, Justin? Like, you know, there, there's a point where, you know, they're kind of at odds at who's the leader and like Leonardo proves he is the leader. Yeah, they didn't have that moment in this. It was just Leonardo stepped back and let Batman take charge. I found that odd, but I loved the moment where, oh, you're holding back your punches. You're not trying to kill me. Clearly, you're not, you know, a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it was a good, it was a good fight. Yeah, that, that kind of reminded me of the whole like, 
Batman fighting Captain America. They're, you know, they trade a few punches and they're like, look, we could do this all day. Let's try and find another solution. I, 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 I kind of appreciated that. Yeah, I like that moment too. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I, I liked that. As you suspected, I liked that Leonardo got some respect there, basically. I'm not worried about Batman getting respect because that's like a given. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> not in the Lego Batman movie. I, I think maybe, you know, again, it might just come back to that whole, you know, the, the Nickelodeon Turtles, you know, would consider the Batman, the animated series, Batman, a senpai, you know, like somebody who's older, wiser, whatever, you know, along the lines of, you know, maybe, a, you know, not as old as Master Splinter, but, you know, somebody who is a more learned adult and, and they, they do, you know, it, it seems like, yeah, he does. I mean, I, I wouldn't argue with Zach. I mean, definitely at, at a certain point, he basically is. It was interesting because, like, sometimes I get, you know, I mean, it's it's part of the fun of, like, a series like Justice League International where he just, you know, barks orders at people and it's part of the gag and it's funny. But I, I always kind of thought that proved why Batman was a shitty leader, you know, compared to, like, say, Nightwing or, or you know, Captain America or something because it was like they they didn't have to bark orders at people. They just gave them orders and people trusted them enough to do what they were saying, even if they didn't understand the entire machinations of their plan. And I, I felt like, you know, even though it was subtle, I, I felt like this was less like a, a JLI, you know, dick Batman, you know, kind of barking orders and more of a, oh, you're telling us what to do because you trust us and, you know, we'll go out and carry out your, your orders. But, but it didn't feel like there, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting that there wasn't any animosity over it, you know, like, like that they just kind of trusted each other and, and sort of trusted people to do their job. I mean, there, there, there were some bits where people were a little confused, but I mean, that was more due to the, kind of the escalation of the the villain issue than than you know animosity between the heroic characters i guess we could also like you know if you're a huge turtle fan just like take the higher road and say leonardo was willing to work for the the greater good and just follow batman's lead just this one time because you know he's a good guy <laughs> i was gonna say maybe he recognized okay this guy knows these villains i'm gonna let him take charge you know and that may be like my inexperience with this incarnation of leonardo showing through here but it, it i get it. it it worked especially what you said earlier about it uh, as him recognizing him as a uh, a mentor character yeah i was gonna say the same they already dealt with Clayface, and now here's poison ivy it's like okay we got their villain showing up he's got more experience with him i'll let him take charge yeah, and speaking of, of more villains, I guess as we, we move on into the third issue, which is titled Greener on the Other Side, a fiendish alliance unfolds behind the scenes, unbeknownst to Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as they are forced to fight a poison ivy-powered snakeweed. And, of course, this also kind of brings Scarecrow into the mix as well at the end of the issue. So I was probably trying to play devil's advocate and everything, but I, I will basically agree with all you guys. I mean, my first impression of the Joker laughing, gassing Shredder, I thought was pretty weak sauce, you know, like that he just sort of got, it, it is like they, they kind of wanted him out of the picture for this for most of the miniseries. So Shredder's kind of shuffled off in a corner and, you know, it, it, it's definitely a, 
that there's a symbolism of weakness in the idea that, you know, his helmet's knocked off, he's sitting there laughing helmetless off in the corner, and then the Joker basically usurps his seat of power. You know, he, he wears his helmet and, you know, basically puts all these kind of, you know, Smilex faces on the Foot Clan soldiers as they, you know, go to attack you know, Batman and the Turtles and everything like that. So, I mean, I, I, you won't really get much of an argument out of me. I did kind of think that was weak sauce. I, I do think later on the, the line I mentioned that Batgirl has was a way of them trying to have that version of the Shredder safe face, you know, because they, you know, Batgirl's basically saying, you know, oh, well, anyone else, it would have, you know, shattered for the rest of their lives. But the fact that he, snaps out of it in in the span of, you know, whatever it is, you know, a couple hours in this miniseries, you know, is is like a testament to his, you know, his his strength of character, if not that he's a good person, but just that he has this this strong will, you know, and and I think part of that maybe is is due to hatred, you know? I mean, you know, it, it's like the the thing that sort of snaps him out of it is there's this side comment about Splinter, you know, and it's like damn rat you know like where it's like you know i'm not i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna be this laughing gassed idiot forever i've got to kick some splinter ass here you know like that kind of thing so but that that's kind of my two cents as far as the third issue but i, I don't know if you guys have anything on the fight between snakeweed and 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 poison ivy fighting the turtles or you know the kind of alliances that form whether it's like you know robin going off with Raphael or you know, anything like that. I, I was about to say, I would actually like a one shot or even a mini series of Raphael and Robin. Cause that team up was just really nice. I, I like that. They were fantastic together. Just playing off of each other the way they just, Robin was willing to make a few jokes, but they, they worked really well. I, I liked seeing them together on panel. Yeah. I, I called them team red. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I guess like the, the art history nerd in me kind of appreciated like, Robin's like slight little joke where he's like, okay, Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, and Caravaggio. And he's like, this is Michelangelo. And I was like, oh, that's, I was like, uh, I was like, I wonder how many like art nerds will, will get that. We're like, I got it. <laughs> I know what that means. Hello, Michelangelo. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. I, I will say that it is, is kind of nice that they actually pulled Snakeweed out of, like, you know, the, the depths of Oblivion just to, you know, make Poison Ivy take control of him. Because, yeah, he wasn't really that big of a deal in the, the, the cartoon. You know, he showed up, like, you know, God, Justin, how many times did he show up? Was it was it more than twice? Not very many times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that was kind of like a nice little obscure thing. It was like, oh, yeah, that guy, he sucks. Oh, he, he doesn't suck when he's being competently controlled. But yeah, when when Ivy's gone, yeah, he's useless again. So, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I did like that fight. I thought it was cool. And it, it is funny how much Poison Ivy, and I, I give credit to Batman the Animus series, how much she went from being kind of a, a third tier villain to actually being like almost a top tier villain because of the animated series. I also like how. Batgirl just kind of like shrugs off all this wackiness where like she's like, okay, everyone's seeing the giant rat man, right? And Donald Terrell is like, yeah, he's kind of our dad. And she's just like, oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> That's a thing. It's almost like Snakeweed is this like top tier video game boss that has like the the weak point of the, you know, the, the red spot in the chest, but then 
when 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 it's discussed <laughs> out loud, then all of a sudden Poison Ivy can you know armor up that portion of the the boss, you know, so that they they're again you know forced to sort of deal with him, and, and it's not quite as simple as you know doing you know the duck duck roll roll jump up to the heart whack 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 you know and then rinse repeat like a video game. It's like they actually have to kind of actually tackle Poison Ivy you know, you know, almost kind of drowning her in a way, or at least, you know, kind of not, you know, making her pass out to, to basically end the threat of snakeweed. And then he, it's almost like the reason why poison ivy gets amped up so much is I think now it's almost like they, they sort of put her on kind of a, a level playing field with like characters like swamp thing where it's like, she can tap. Uh, she's, she can, she's like damn near full swamp thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, she can tap into that elemental kind of, you know, aura, you know, where it's like, Oh, you know, I'm, you know, like, it's not like she is a plant elemental, but it's like the kind of power she tries to harness is, is comparable. And then, you know, you're, you're dealing with this kind of large, almost, you know, kaiju like plant, creature as opposed to kind of a throwaway you know goofball mutant villain like they typically are on the nickelodeon shows i, I yeah i thought that this was this was definitely the you know go fight issue you know except for the the shredder stuff it was it was it was a it was a fun breakup of establishing the world we're in and just having fun with it for you know more than a few pages with like a x-men avengers team up to fight the bad guy kind of thing you know i also really like the wing nut rap which is totally <laughs> Vanilla Ice, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go, and like, I like how at first, you know, Batgirl's like, oh, this is gonna be a hoot, and then, you know, so, you know an hour later, she's all, like, into it, and dancing, and bebopping, and scatting, and everything. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is really funny how Bat Family, and I call them the Bat Family, I'm sorry, that's just, Derek will know that reference, Batman Family, and, 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 like, the, the Turtles are, you know, at first at odds. You expect that in a, in a comic crossover, but it, it is funny how they, they lightheartedly kind of have these moments where you're like, hey, they, they like each other. <laughs> well, said Batman. Batman doesn't like anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a giggle out of the whole thing with Joker wearing Shredder's helmet. I was actually confused at first because I'm not familiar with this Shredder or seeing him without the helmet. So at first I thought, okay, did they lock him up or kill him? And no, he's just off in the background laughing his ass off. <laughs> and then the whole thing with Poison Ivy and they're figuring out how to, you know, they have to deal with her, not Snake Weep, because she's the problem. And then knocking her out and having to carry her back into the portal and yeah <laughs> it, it was definitely a good setup issue to get them to work together i think i think that's the whole purpose of this one but it was mm-hmm. fun cool all right so let's let's move on to issue four which is titled to laugh so not to cry the turtles must face their worst fears when they confront the deadly scarecrow meanwhile batman takes the fight to shredder and the joker only to find that the greatest danger has yet to be revealed so basically, like the shredder is, or the shredder, the scarecrow is 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 kind of throwing around his fear gas like it's uh, party favors all across the New York City of the Nickelodeon turtles and everything. Uh, for for some of the the notes I had, like I really like that, like when Batman gets zonked with the fear gas. I, I'm a sucker for like group shots of a bunch of cool people together and everything like and, and there there's a really excellent like cool group villain shot when Batman's exposed to you know Crane's fear gas because it's got like you know all these different villains together and even like like I, I liked how it was like you know 
I, I, I think it had people that you typically wouldn't associate with a Batman villain group shot where they had the, the Kudokai, like the, the ninja guy, and they had like the little guy from that shitty episode with the underdwellers or whatever. Like, Didn't they have the condiment king too? Yeah, and the condiment king was up there, oh, like right. on the, the top right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's it's like they, they kinda picked some guys like that are clearly within that animated series universe but but seemed uh, you know a little off kilter or out of left field and i kind of you know i just appreciate like it, how often is it you get to see those guys lined up and hanging out with one another so i, I thought that was really cool yeah I, I, one thing i really liked about this one is i, I mentioned you know Raphael and robin teaming up was something i love seeing because you wouldn't normally get to see that but in the turtles universe especially the nickelodeon one i i really like it when leonardo and Raphael are on the same page and they work together because when they work together they are badass they are quite fun i really like scarecrow is one of my favorite batman villains and he's never really used well i mean uh occasionally he is but a lot of times he's not and having the turtles exposed to the fear gas and getting to see especially right. raf and leo get exposed to it and seeing their worst fears you know compared to each other was really cool and having batman trying to talk them through it while also dealing with his own crap that, that was a fun scene yeah yeah scarecrow is is definitely like one of those guys who should have a bigger rep than he does but again i i will point to the the animated series i think before that you know he showed up in super friends and all that he's another guy i think who who really got a, a big boost from the animated series a lot of batman villains did i think you know i think hell i think the reason mr freeze is considered so awesome and badass is not because of you know what killed the dinosaurs the ice age you know not arnold schwarzenegger it's, it was fucking you know batman the animated series all right chill out now okay come on <laughs> chill <laughs> i used to see you can you be cold i, I think i mean th this is forward obviously but i think this series the payoff at the end of issue five for scarecrow for me was the most perfect moment in comic history of all time for me i was geeking out when i read that moment <laughs> but so I love that they used Scarecrow the way they did. I, I think he was used well in this series and he served as a good point to just reinforce, OK, these guys are working together because, you know, Leo and Raph especially had to figure out how to deal with the fear gas and Batman had to walk them through it. And uh, especially Leo, like everybody's dead. Like it was like that was his spear. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I can absolutely yeah. relate to Raph because I can't stand bugs and seeing them everywhere would have freaked me out, too. Yeah, I, I will say that that like one thing I, I i do like about the red sky version of batman and robin i do like scarecrow's redesign i don't hate oh, scarecrow so <laughs> yeah but that one yeah that redesign was so creepy with the the hangman's noose and everything i'm like you could have used that i would be okay with that <laughs> but you know it Which is makes weird. su5 amazing <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> i i was gonna say i i know people at least my fellow fan holes as opposed to the guests maybe are well aware that i'm not too keen on on batman's bat god like abilities sometimes especially in the current age of of kind of overrated fan aura so i i did like seeing that all you really need to take out batman is a shovel to the head and and like that was kind of like a key moment for me because it, it kind of reminded me of like all the things i would point to when i'd get mad and like you know wizard world showdown forums and debates where it's like you know people are like well batman can beat up like galactus you know batman could beat up a celestial if he had prep time and i'm just like sitting there going dude the joker took him out with a bag of bricks 
Like, Two-Face knocked him out with a chair to the back of the head. And this is all stuff that happened on the animated series. So I was, like, sitting there going, look, it's the same thing. Like, you know, Scarecrow takes him out with a shovel to the head. That's I was like, dude, that's all you need, man. It's like, it's like you know, what takes out Superman? Kryptonite. What takes out Batman? A shovel. You know? <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's, it's cool. Like, you know, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, like, you know, so kind of sensationalized or, or whatever and and i i guess maybe calling back to the original or I, I guess we'll call it the original turtles and batman crossover like one of the things that we had mentioned was we thought it kind of went off the rails and i know maybe you know yawn and, and and zach haven't really read that but basically like towards the end of that miniseries like all the batman villains get mutated into like these weird hybrid you know it's like the what was the joker like a cobra snake or something weird like i mean they, they they just mutated them all so they were all like turtle freak monsters basically like everybody was a turtle freak monster and it kind of looked ridiculous like so it's like they that, mutoids, yeah they were all you know mutoids or whatever and so it, it sort of that that's to me when the train kind of went off the rails with that miniseries but i i sort of set that up to say I thought the idea that taking Bud and Lou, the Joker's hyenas, and, and turning, awesome. turning them into mutant muscle, see, like, that's, like, that's just right. It's the whole Goldilocks thing. Like, you know, the, the porridge in the other fucking thing was way too hot, and it scalded my tongue, because, like, Bane was a fucking mutoid monster. Like, everybody in Arkham Asylum was a mutoid monster. I'm like, this porridge is way too fucking hot. You know, like, it, it burnt my tongue, you know, or whatever. But, like, this one, like, that was, like, just, I was like, that was just right. Like, it's good enough. Like, it, it's, it makes sense. Like, it, it's like, of course, that's what Harley and Joker would do, you know, and it's like, it's like that, that, that all kind of seemed to sync up for me. So I did, I did appreciate that moment. So hyenas in suits, that's what does it for you. <laughs> I was about to say, like, whenever we ever had hyenas and, and, and turtles, never. So it was original for the turtles, too. I wish they laughed more, though. <laughs> and and, and I, I, I sort of already kind of spoiled it. But, I mean, th this issue is the moment where, you know, Shredder kind of gets his, his comeback, you know, where he does hear the mention of Splinter's name and snaps out of the laughing gas thing. And then at that point, I mean, it's fairly simple. Like, then he just bonks the Joker on the head, takes his takes his, you know, helmet back and is like, all right, get the fuck out of my house. I'm a Rokusaki. Take this fucking clown and leave, you know? And then everybody's like, okay, Shredder, goodbye, you know? And that's 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 kind of the, the end of the issue, except for Donatello, of course, discerns that, it, you know, the whole time, I think, you know, the turtles were under the impression these are Krang portals, you know, Utron portals. So they, they naturally assumed the Utron had something to do with the Arkham inmates crossing back and forth between the two dimensions, but it turns out, based on some technology they find, that it's actually a little pin-controlling device of the Mad Hatters, and so that's kind of the big shocking reveal, is it's not actually the Utram behind the dimensional crossovers, it's actually dun, 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 the Mad Hatter. So that's kind of the, the shocking twist of, of who's behind everything. Was it that shocking though? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm just kind of I I I'm using hyperbole here. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to you know. 
I, I liked it though because like again, I, I keep talking about the animated series from Batman. I'm sorry, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm I can't help it. But Jervis Tetch, the Mad Hatter, they did him justice in Batman the animated series. He was so motherfucking creepy. Mm. Just just ooh, he was just he was not just a villain. He was just like like his first appearance with Alice and stuff. It made you feel a little bit you know dirty. It was like ugh, he he's a creeper and like he's a villain that like is not on the level of the Joker or you know that guy who's gonna like you know kill like you know Gotham City, but he's that villain who makes you uncomfortable and you're like oh god he's got this kind of power. I don't like that. You know it's just I mean, he's the villain who taught you not to get in the van with the creepy people. Exactly. <laughs> and and plus for me, I mean, you know, like I'm a huge Planet of the Apes fans. Like, of course, he's voiced by the great Roddy McDowell. So like when I'm reading his dialogue, I still hear like Roddy McDowell in my head. It's impossible. No one's will is strong enough to escape my dream machine. Why? Why did you do it? You of all people have the gall to ask me that. You ruined my life! I was willing to give you whatever life you wanted! Just to keep you out of mine! Absolutely. That probably didn't help, like, the creepiness that, like, he was so good at, like, you know, Brian Medall is such a great actor, he nailed it, nailed that performance. It is, it is kind of funny that we get this build-up for Joker being, like, this big bad. I think that is kind of how it does balance out, so. Because, like, even though it's, like, a short scene, it, we are shown that like Shredder could have taken him out easily. Joker just kind of played dirty pool. I mean, do you think that's fair? Yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to give Shredder points. I'm not like actually advocating that. I'm just saying like, come on, guys, he, he could have taken him out, right? Right? Uh, yeah, all the Shredder fans, back me up. That yeah, that's kind of the like that. That's kind of why I thought this was his his way of. It's like the, the, for the story purpose, they wanted Shredder to be out of the story or at least unable to be engaged for the majority of the storyline because he's too bad <laughs> but but this was a way for him to save face at the end which was just he you know he snapped out of the joker venom which nobody has ever been able to do according to bad girl's dialogue and then and then like you said i mean essentially he 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 won bonks he doesn't even punch the joker like batman punches guy gardner he bonks him on the head so he won bonks the joker and and basically you know solves the problem for them right and that's you know that that's basically i mean as much as you got butt hurt over the shredder getting pwned by laughing gas like that that i think was by design to assuage you of your butt hurtness in that in that happenstance but i mean it's probably important to ask like you guys you know like ask mike and ask justin you know like because you know clearly you voiced a lot of you know kind of unease with it and i, I thought it was weak sauce too but th did that work for you that that he had the last say like it's kind of like like when you're having a debate you know and somebody's like oh, i gotta get the last word in it's like clearly the sh even though even though joker put up a good debate and 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 was tearing the shredder down for the whole debate it was like joker had one last zing that basically made everybody else think the joker was a putz you know like does that work for you or or are you still kind of like no like joker had too many good good points in the beginning of the debate for one zinger to to turn me around 
Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like the Shredder just kind of gave up on in the end. Like, yeah. uh, he was just kind of like, like, I don't even want to deal with you anymore. Like, get out of my dimension. Like, get out of here. I don't know. I, I kind of wish that, like, some character standing there, like, witnessing that could have just been like, one bonk, he did it with one bonk. <laughs> <laughs> one bonk! <laughs> I, I, I will say this, though. As far as the anime series, though, that is how the Joker usually does go out in Batman the Animated Series. He has these grand schemes. And honestly, in a lot of episodes, he kind of does pwn Batman a lot. He's knocked out Batman, Derek. You know that. He's, he's you know, gotten him on the ropes. And a lot of Joker stories do that. They center on how crazy and wacky the Joker is and how he can possibly beat Batman. But he always fails at the last minute. And it's usually contrived and usually it's like you know one bonk or like you know pushed over or you know like i fell off the rail you know it's like well yeah yeah there's that there's that famous neil adams story that denny o'neill wrote where it's like he's he's got his foot on batman's throat and everything and then he fouls up because there's like an oil slick on the beach and he trips and falls and that's the end of the story where it's like oh thank god for pollution it saved me from the joker you know like <laughs> da, 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 da. you know and and that's you know a, a lot of times you're kind of like oh the joker's supposed to be so badass but then like you said these these kind of happenstance kind of you know accidental you know trip ups like sort of are the only thing that keep him from actually succeeding in his, his nefarious scheme. Justin can definitely back me up on this. Orokusaki remembering Splinter and like hearing that name and that, that snapping, snapping him out of it totally fits with the Nickelodeon Turtles because dear Lord in heaven, Shredder has such a hate boner for Splinter in that fucking show. <laughs> like every episode is like, you know, what about Master Splinter? <laughs> And I now I know what a hate boner is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's what, I thought that's, I knew. That, but... that, that's what you have before a grudge fuck. <laughs> I gotta log out. It's <laughs> getting a hate boner for this recording. Uh, I, I, I always thought hate boner was when you really hate somebody. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I gotta go on Urban Dictionary. I'm sorry. I gotta go look this up. <laughs> Look, I don't have your mutually sustained hate boner for the guy, okay? I don't have a hate boner for him. Dude, it's a pretty hateful boner. So, uh, I, I, I guess we'll move on to issue number five, which is titled Through the Looking Glass. And this is basically the big epic conclusion, even though there are six issues. The sixth issue is kind of like an epilogue of sorts. But the fifth issue... The surprising conclusion to the hit all-ages crossover. Surprising alliances are formed and friendships are tested as the villain behind the cross-dimensional chaos is revealed. And of course, you know, Mad Hatter behind the cross-dimensional chaos. Sending people over and, and causing craziness and everything. And he's he's a little, you know, obviously he's not well in the head. You know, he kind of used the, the Utron portals as... A portal to Wonderland, you know, like like, like he kind of treats it like part of his own dementia, so it all sort of makes sense to him in his head. And you know, they're 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 basically, you know, they, I, I think at this point, you know, the turtles and Batman's family, you know, they're 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 almost kind of formed, you know, a decent 
hybrid, you know, fusion fighting force. You know, they seem to all be on the same page and everything. And, you know, I, I, I thought it was a worthwhile, you know, conclusion to the to the piece and everything. I mean, as far as this this kind of story that was set in the sort of, you know, original Batman the Animated Series era, the sort of pre- what I like to call the Red Sky era. I, I will say that, like, even though Michelangelo and Robin made a good team, I'm still Robin and, and Raph. I think that was a better team. I'm just, I'm just saying, just my my own personal opinion. <laughs> Both of them worked well together. Just seeing Mike and the the young Dick Grayson, you know, and Dick Grayson's just like this guy's an idiot. I don't want to be around him. Like, you, like the 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 scene where they're supposed to be guarding the portal and Mikey is clearly like trying not to fall into it because he's being goofy and Dick is just completely disgusted with him. Like, I don't want to be around this guy anymore. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I still appreciate like Batgirl just kind of like struggling to deal with this wackiness because like, you know, they're at the turtle lair and refs just like, you know, heads up. There's a mutant cat made out of living ice cream in our freezer. And, you know, she sees ice cream kitty and she's just like, sure. That seems just about right. <laughs> this is is my life now (laughs) i i kind of like that like you're talking about the whole mikey and and uh, dick grayson or robin relationship like i i thought it was funny how he's like uh uh, you know there was this time in band camp that i really don't want to go into it and robin's like great all right so you don't have to go into it and then you know of course mikey proceeds to go on to tell him like all the intimate details of band camp and everything and he's just kind of like all right, all right, you know. I guess that's why I didn't like the team up as much because Raph and and Robin seemed to gel better as far as you know their their styles, I guess, in fighting. And this was more of a character, I guess, you know, team up. You know, it's like Michelangelo's like you know the crazy guy, and then then Robin's just like I'm not that guy anymore. You know, I'm, like, I'm I haven't made a wise crack in a long time. You know? <laughs> I mean, it, it is it is kind of interesting that the the whole, I guess path to undoing i don't know if i'm jumping ahead or not did they 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 do they do the the blimp thing in the conclusion or do they do the yeah they did the blimp thing in the conclusion never mind i'm i'm like getting confused between the the, the yeah they, they spoofed the, the opening scene of yeah. batman the animated series that's right that's right yeah 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 that is a tremendous sequence in this comic. Like, I didn't expect them to go as far with it as they did. I thought they were just going to go up to the point where just show the scene where, you know, Batman is normally on the roof and the lightning hits and stuff like that. And I thought that was going to be the end of the joke. No, they did the whole opening sequence. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that was probably my favorite part of the entire series. Yeah. I think even after that, it's almost like they spoofed the first poster for the, the Turtles movie in the 90s, too, where... They're, yes. <laughs> they're poking their heads out of the, the manhole cover and you see like, you know, it's Gotham City in the background, but you know, like that's still kind of the the whole the whole deal or whatever. This issue also does again feature the scarecrow for a little bit and he he's getting over his, you know, defeat and everything. And part of that, I guess you'd say reinvigoration is he is going to make a new costume and it is the one from the Red Sky version of Batman and Robin. It was so good. The sketch, like just the build up to it, like I gotta go darker. I have to go darker. I have to go darker. And then they show the sketch pad with the the noose and everything. Oh, it was, it, the payoff was perfect. Yeah, I love that. That was like it was like that, that's why I mentioned it before because I, I wanted that one for the whole issue, like the whole series. But like that, I mean, 
mean, honestly, we get an origin for it for everybody. All you assholes are like, why does the scarecrow look different in Red Skies? Like, there you go. That's why he was they fighting should, turtles. They should have shown like his like notebook, like next to that sketch. And it should have been like a checklist of things. And one of them should have been like, sound more like Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> I, I imagine the whole time that he was whispering and chanting, like, I got to go darker, that his voice was changing from, honestly, I forgot the voice actor from the, the who originally did it. But I honestly, like, imagine his voice just going hoarser and hoarser until he became, like, you know, Jeffrey Coombs' voice. I, I always just imagine, like, even though I know, like, his voice from the anime series, I just pretend it's Niles Crane from Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was it him? Was it that actor? I don't think so. It might have been. It's possible, but... I, I like that moment, too, because, you know, of, of all the, like, the Red Sky designs, like, that one, to me, always seemed the most radical. I mean, he goes from being, like, a scarecrow that you could see, you know, propped up in someone's field to, like, this, like, scary thing of nightmares like you don't ever want to see i mean you know like like someone said earlier i mean he he has a noose around his neck like that's that's a pretty dark like reimagining and i was just i was like oh okay like that makes total sense like i get that that's cool henry pollock the second played him he also played the security guard that's what he's listed as I don't know which one, but <laughs> Professor Crane and Security Guard. <laughs> That's exactly what it lists here. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I, I like the idea of the Mad Hatter being like a, a big bad, even though he is obviously. Again, I'm going back to tropes that we are are familiar with from the animated series. The Mad Hatter also has his psychosis. He wants Wonderland. He wants to have his fantasy world and again that's that's the thing that always like fucks him up and i think that's like one of the reasons a lot of people like batman villains is because while they are dangerous and they are you know scary you know they they, they have this one weakness that you can't always take advantage of in the same way but if you know how to work around it i'm always a big fan of like second third tier characters i love that kind of thing so to give mad hatter the, the tip of the hat you know so to speak and you know make him the main villain was pretty nice. I mean, granted, the first three issues, everyone is the setup there is to make Joker the main villain, which you would expect from a crossover. So, like, going back to what I said, this crossover surprised the heck out of me because it didn't do all the things that you expect. I didn't agree with everything it did, but it was nice that, you know, Mad Hatter got to have some spotlight instead of, you know, the more prominent villains out there. Yeah, they, they could have made it Bane. At least he wasn't like, uh, tonight I dine on <laughs> You've adopted the sewers, but I was born in them. <laughs> <laughs> I expected more from you. I expect more from my men! I thought we were on the same page with this. We are all going to better ourselves. So we'll, we'll, we'll move on to issue six, which is titled Epilogue, The Terror of the Krang. Months after the conclusion to their adventure, Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles discover that the hidden threat has not passed, and now Gotham City is in danger. A last-ditch effort may be the only thing that saves two worlds. So, yeah, I mean, this this is obviously months later, so this does delve into what I like to call the Red Sky era of Batman, the, the you know, sort of new design adventures and everything. So you've got, you know, Batman with Tim Drake, and, and you know, guess what, guys? Batgirl's gonna be in every episode! Like, like oh boy. 
but yeah, so so and it's know. Nightwing, so yeah, yeah, and, and and so you've got you know, of course, as they refer to them as uh, the turtles are like Little Robin and Big Robin, which kind of cracked me up and everything. And then of course, my favorite part in the whole miniseries when when Donatello's like, so that old Robin guy's out of the picture, eh? I'm gonna get me some Batgirl, eh? And then all of a sudden, like Nightwing jumps down and kicks a bunch of ass, and it's like, cock blocked by Nightwing. <laughs> you know? Like, so I was like, that was pretty awesome. And God bless it, they put the Grey Ghost in here just as a cameo. Just a little nice thing for us. The Grey Ghost. This issue just kind of, I didn't feel it was necessary. You know, you know what I mean? It, it feel, felt like the, the sequel crossover, it, it didn't feel like part of it. And it felt like the not-so-good sequel crossover, especially since it had a big epic story condensed into one issue. It's like, eh, we can't mention the Krang before in their uh, things. Maybe it would be cool. This is selling pretty well. Let's just add a little bit of extra stuff here with the Krang showing up. It, it didn't feel fleshed out or needed. There were some good moments in it, like I agree, when, you know, Dick Grayson showed up. I mean, that was a funny scene, but it didn't have a good it didn't feel like part of the overall story. It felt like the the crossover was over. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's definitely an epilogue. It's weird the way these days, like, everything is written for the trade. So you could see somebody, you know, packaging this together with all six issues. And, you know, it's kind of like reading the equivalent of a comic book that was written in the 70s or 80s where they had, like, a five-page epilogue of, like, a, you know, 64-page annual. It's like, oh, and by the way, you know, the Utrom came to Gotham City and we kicked their ass, you know, or whatever. And that's that's kind of the epilogue, you know. But but the 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 beef of the story was the the sixty pages before, you know, where where the the turtles and and New York City were being accosted by Arkham inmates, and then they you know basically stopped the Mad Hatter's plans and everything. I you know I I, I sort of I guess I appreciate it, or it didn't have to be like another six issue masterpiece or whatever. I figured it's just, you know, it's just an epilogue. I liked, I liked the moment where they jump through all the portals and, and Batman's just kind of like, hi boys, you know, like, like there it's, it, it's almost like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like, see that, that, that's a way where Batman has Batman fan aura, but he doesn't make anybody look stupid. He just makes himself look smart, you know? And, and like that I, I can get behind. Cause it's not like the turtles had to like stumble through the portal and go, you know, and then Batman looked cool. It was just like, I'm Batman. I know they're totally going to show up any minute now, you know, and it's like, then they show up and he's like, hi boys, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, cool. Like that, that's a cool little sequence, you know, but you know, that's, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I sort of appreciated it. I wasn't, I, I don't think I was too hard on the fact that it didn't line up with the rest of the, the story because I, I thought it was a cool way to just pay some tribute to that that new design era of, of the animated series as well, you know, not just totally sort of ignore it. Well, like I said, it, it had its moments, but it just felt like it wasn't fleshed out. I felt like this should have been another separate five issues and it should have been the chance for the turtles to come to the Batman universe and their villains came with them so they can take charge. They can teach Batman. Okay. Now we're the ones who know what's going on and it gives them the chance to shine. Like they didn't quite get to do with the first, 
first five issues. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see that, but this also seems to me like it was an issue where it was like we have to do six issues, and they're like we wrote five, and they're like, all right, let's do some filler, boys, <laughs> you know? Because like even Scarecrow shows back up in this, and his arc was done. He he was fine. He was going to show up in Batman Red Sky, and he gets a couple of moments in this, and I'm just like. No, I mean, like, it's not bad. I mean, like, the, 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 the pacing is fine. The story is okay. But I do agree with you, Zach. It seems like it was an idea that was just tacked on to, to further the, the main story. Am I, am I butthurt? No, not at all. I mean, this was, this was totally a fine issue. I, I don't mind reading it. I thought it, it was what it was as far as, like, the, the, the complete six-issue miniseries. But I, I think it would have been fun, like you said, I don't know about miniseries, but this would have been a good, like, one-shot, like, you know, 60-page spectacular, you know? Like, that that would have been kind of fun, you know? That kind of thing. I'd actually gotten confused at first with the issue because I was seeing all the new suits and thinking, okay, were they crossing over with a completely different continuity? But then I saw Nightwing, and I'm thinking, okay, how much time passed? And, yeah, the connection, you know, Big Robin, Little Robin. I don't know. I, I, I did have fun with the final issue. I thought it was, like, a neat little, like, coda or whatever, yeah. I like that little panel towards the end where like Donatello was just leering at Batgirl and he's like so it was good to see you again Batgirl and the look on her face she's just like haha but you can tell in her head she's just like get away from me you creep (laughs) (laughs) fuck off (laughs) when when I said like you know the Batman characters get a lot of the limelight in the series does it kind of seem that like this whole series was kind of to build up why the Red Sky version was so different because we get a lot of uh, you know these characters changing during this miniseries into their Red Sky versions. I mean, they, they've always tried to have some kind of accountability for for why that happened. I mean, I remember there was a miniseries. I, I, I want to say it was called, like, The Lost Year or Lost Years or some, some, something along those lines. But I remember there was, like, a, a five-issue miniseries, you know, in between, like, the, the Batman Adventures comic and then the whatever comic they released for the red sky comics and the new best to, adventures, yeah, yeah and it was it was supposed to like detail like oh you know here's where where you know this this is what was going on between when dick grayson and batman got in a fight and you know this is how you know i don't know this is why you know catwoman decided to put white powder on her face and dress up in a a black slinky outfit instead of the gray outfit or you know wh- whatever kind of <laughs> hire michelle pfeiffer <laughs> right right you know like those kind of things so no, I mean, I have no problem with it. I mean, like, I, I like, you know, at this point, you know, in our in our history, there is a, a dividing line between Batman the Anime Series and Batman the New Adventures. Like you said, you know, turn to the Red Sky, you know, seasons. And when they, they go back and try to explain some of those changes, that doesn't piss me off. You know, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I like this series. It, it, it kind of gave me a couple of nuggets of, uh, you know, is it canon? Who knows? But I would say so. I mean, DC let, you know, IDW and the Turtles cross over with them. So I I, I consider this canon. I, I think as far as the Red Sky universe, Batman and, you know, Dick and, and Batgirl totally met the Turtles. That's what happened. And that's why we have the Red Sky universe. You know, it's like that they were, there was a change and a shift. And that's why we have the more evil noose-wearing Scarecrow. And I'm cool with that. Would you guys consider this canon or just like a fun crossover? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it's fine. If you want it to be canon, it can be. I mean, you know, like everybody has their own personal headcanon. I, I feel like it's funny because I think 
I, I was listening to an interview with Bruce Tim on the new, you know, Batman and Harley thing. And of course, that was the big question like people were asking, like, is that new direct to video thing, you know, quote unquote, canon with the Batman, the animated series universe. And of course, he's like, you know, well, to me, it is I made it, you know, and like, like, that's, you know, it's canon or whatever. But then, then he he, he does preface that with the whole idea that he, he says something to the effect of, but there were plenty of other Batman the Animated Series projects that I didn't work on that people do consider canon, but he's like, in my head canon, maybe they're not, you know, but he's like, what, he's like, if you want it to be head, you know, in your head canon, then it can be, if it, if you don't want it to be, then it doesn't have to be, you know, like that kind of thing, so, I mean, it was kind of a, you know, political answer, but I, I think anything holds true for that, that kind of stuff, I mean, I'm sure if Bruce Tim read this and he had some problem with it, maybe it wouldn't be in his head canon, but, you know, for us, if we're reading it, other than getting butthurt over Shredder, I don't see why it can't fit into, you know, Batman's, you know, the the Batman animated series canon. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not trying to go too, like, you know, deep cuts and stuff. It's just, you know, I, I, I like when they explain things. I like, you know, being, I don't need to be told how to drive a car, but it is nice when, like, I go to my car and it's like a red, you know, Mustang. And the next day I go outside and it's like a yellow Camaro. And I'm like, why do I have a yellow Camaro now? It's like, oh, well, this is what happened yesterday. <laughs> this is the epic story about how, how Tony got a yellow Camaro that turns into a robot that pees on people. Is that? Yeah, is that pretty much. Yes. Is, that where you, is that where you're going with that? I mean, I enjoyed, I had fun reading this, but I, I still think you, despite like the ending kind of being out there, I like the first Turtles and Batman crossover better. Okay. That's fair. I haven't read the first one, so I like this one better because I haven't read it. <laughs> but of course. I guess I would have liked to have seen more of the Ninja Turtles villains get used as it was very Batman dominated. Like, I remember seeing the panel where Shredder is just meeting Joker. He's got all the mutants behind him and like, Razor was terrifying, and they I don't even think they used him following that. Rocksteady and Bebop got more screen time than anybody. That might have to do with familiarity with them. I mean, Tokar and Razor are probably more obscure. I don't know if they've used them. Have they used them outside of the second movie? They had cameos in Turtles Forever, if I recall correctly. Well, I, I think Razor and Toka also have kind of a, like, uh, despite the Nickelodeon show, they do kind of have a stink about them because of, you know, Vanilla Ice and Go Ninja, Go Ninja Go. So I think <laughs> there's that. I, I don't I don't understand what you just said. That song is amazing. <laughs> I play it at work. Can, OK, <laughs> yeah. would, would it would it would it assuage anyone's butt hurt if I suggested it was Kevin Nash who got affected by the laughing gas and not the real shredder? <laughs> oh, then I'm perfectly fine, fine with it. <laughs> New World Order. <laughs> who's, who's ready to get owned by the Joker? Super Shredder is ready. <laughs> just, just for uh, anybody who is a wrestling fan, it'd have been great if it was Kevin Nash because all Shredder would have said during the whole comic series, you know... <laughs> because that's how Kevin Nash starts every promo. You know... <laughs> <laughs> Eric Hammer gets that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's why Shredder was out for so long. He tore his quad.
<laughs> he blew a quad. <laughs> he was just standing over Bubba Ray Dudley. And he was just like, oh, my quad. <laughs> uh, I like having wrestling people here. That makes me happy. <laughs> the, the next crossover, we'll do a wrestling show. Because <laughs> there, uh, there are tons of wrestling board games, right? Actually, there is, and I have one arriving next week. So. Oh, no. I have the All WWE right. Superstar game coming in. All right, well, you heard it here first. Maybe, maybe there's a crazy wrestling crossover podcast in our future. But speaking of crossovers, <laughs> that's that's probably a good segue. We should we should sort of tell people what what the big plan is. And I, I'm assuming that you know th- this isn't anything people have to do in sequential order or anything. But as as far as my understanding of it is, th- this should be the first podcast you listen to in a barrage of podcasts dealing with turtle power podcast hour and then you can look over on animated indulgence for a podcast on the original teenage mutant ninja turtles animated series seasons one and two is what they're going to be covering there and then on board with friends they're going to be doing the out of the shadows board game and that's also part of Turtle Power Podcast Hour. And then once that's all wrapped up, you can actually come back here on our Big in Japan show. And we're going to be talking about Legend of the Super Mutant, which is a crazy Japanese anime that deals with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that'll be kind of our, our big mega event. But before I go into my usual routine, I just want Air Hammer, Yawn, and... Steeljaw Zach to go ahead and kind of pimp and promote and, and let everybody know where they can find their shows and, and if people want to go check out the other portions of Turtle Power Podcast Hour, where they can go check them out at. Yeah, sure. You can check us out for Animated Indulgence on YouTube. Just look up the name. Same with Facebook. On Twitter, we're at Men Talk Cartoons. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to doing the 80s Ninja Turtles cartoon. Board with Friends is we have boardwithfriends.blogspot.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Board with Friend. Yeah, we put out usually one episode a month, and you can come check us out and learn more about fun board games. Dudes, it's totally time to listen to fan holes. What's that, Mikey? Like only the most tubular, righteous, gnarly podcast ever. Um, I don't know, Mikey. I've got some science projects to work on. Yeah, Mikey, and you know, some of the things those fanholes say, you know, really ticks me off. Well, why don't we see what Master Splinter has to say about listening to fanholes? Yeah, sure. Okay, Leo. But what do you think, Master Splinter? Should we listen to fanholes, the pop culture podcast made for fans by the fans or not? I say... Go, fanholes! Go, fanholes! Go! Ha 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 ha! I made another funny! Ha ha ha! <laughs> Dude, Turtle Power Podcast Hour, a podcast crossover event featuring Fanhole's podcast, Bored with Friends, and Animated Indulgence, coming this September. So yeah, you of course can find us, fanholespodcast.blogspot.com, if you have any questions or concerns. If you have a hate boner for Fanhole's, you can send it to fanholespodcast at gmail. You can send us emails. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook. We're appreciating all the the likes, feedback, you know, emails, all that kind of good stuff. 
And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, Turtle Power. This is Justin, signing off. We should have drawn numbers for this. <laughs> this is Zach from uh, Board with Friends. Hey, this is uh, Jan Airhammer. And uh, yeah, I was uh, interested to see Tim Drake as the new bird boy. And this is Tony. I am the knight. I am vengeance. I am hate boner. broken all the all the skypes i don't know we we've got so many people here i think we need to sound off but i heard tony i heard me i am here oh mike can't hear nothing am i coming through it's because you're deaf (laughs) because joker's laughing gas mutilated your your earbuds hello can you hear me i can hear mike now you're you're coming in, uh, Major Tom. I don't know if you meant me, but sure. <laughs> Sorry, that was a reference from the seventies. <laughs> I know the reference. Am I coming through? Yes, I can hear you as well. Good. Yay. Good. 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 So I think we're. There's all so here. many of us. I can't see if mine lights up when I talk, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> I think. I think I see. Uh... Uh, top spin lighting up when you are speaking. Yes, that's me. <laughs> Yellow. Uh, yes. Blue. <laughs> okay. Yes. Now, yes. I, now I get things. So yeah, my, Mike is laughing. Gas shredder. Tony is spider. Jerusalem. Justin is bat. Mikey. Air hammer is air hammer. And, <laughs> and uh, Zach is topspin, and I am Nightwing, totally cock blocking Donatello. <laughs> As he should. Do, do you think like Pixar is pissed off that Air Hammer is more well known for using that image than like than the actual than than John Ratzenberg as what 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 is his name piggy bank i don't even i don't even remember it's been so long since i've watched those movies i think his name is hammy oh his name is actually hammy that's unacceptable only air hammer is known for being hammy that doesn't even that doesn't even permeate my brain and, and-
and not to uh, to uh, rub uh, Hammy's pickle too much, but you can also look up his amazing digibatches on his uh, DeviantArt page, and he also does Twitch streams, so look at those up too. Ah, uh, yes, the bashes have been coming fast lately. <laughs> <laughs> my recent three got a lot of attention. <laughs> yes, and my pickle too. <laughs> so that's not a hate boner. That's you don't, a hate boner. <laughs> no hate boners for pickles. All right. All right. <coughs> Justin? Is Justin there? What happened to Justin? He fell asleep. Maybe. <laughs> what? I already did my sign off. What are you talking about? Nobody heard it. I don't think. I just said this is Justin signing off after Mike. Maybe maybe you had a mute on? I didn't hear anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, this is Justin signing off. <laughs> All right. I'm fucking signing off, goddammit. Just, just edit that shit together. <laughs> Problem yeah. solved. The, the, magic, the magic of editing. Fix it in post, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, editing. I hate it. <laughs> Just is like, Dad, you're tearing me apart. We'll just redouble. Hi, Justin. Hi. We'll, we'll, we'll redouble all of Justin's lines with Tommy Wiseau. I, I did not hit you. I did not. <laughs> you're lying. Oh, hi, Mom. Everyone's going to be like, why was it Razor in there? Justin's just going to be like, hello, doggy. He'll be like, I cannot tell you it was confidential. Hey, Donnie, how is your sex life with, with Batgirl? <laughs> I heard you have hate boner. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go eat, huh? Let's play cat. <laughs> oh, good throw. Hate boners lead to grudge fucks. Mm. <laughs> I'll grudge oh, man. lead to hatred. Uh, all all right. this effort and all we're going to lead to is hate boner trending on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>